Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the executive director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Megan. Hi, Karen. Good morning. How are you? Hi, Megan. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to introduce a new expert to our audience of listeners. We have with us today, Paul Del Pont, who is the National Crime Prevention Council Executive Director. Paul's work is focused on expanding NCPC's impact and introducing our favorite McGruff the Crime Dog to a new digitally savvy generation of Americans. Welcome, Paul. Well, uh, welcome back to you and thanks for having me on. Looking forward to chatting with you more. We're so happy to have you. It's so, great. You do, you do very, uh, you do really important work and there, we can't do enough to keep kids safe. We agree. And we're really looking forward to having you tell us more about um, the National Crime Prevention Council and how you're going about introducing McGruff, the crime dog, who I remember well from my days in elementary school to, you know, kids today. Great, great, because we've been doing a lot and we've got a lot more planned. So we're in the month of October, right? So that's National Crime Prevention Month. And so can you tell us about what work is um, you're going to be focusing on? And um, it looks like um, each week you have something that you specialize in and lots of topics that we're definitely interested in. Megan has younger age kids um, from middle, middle school all the way down to a two and a half year old. And I have older age kids. My children are from age 15 to 22, almost 23. So we're of course focused on crime and you know crime prevention in different ways, but with you know Halloween coming up, there's you know lots of things for us to talk Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And we, we kicked off Crime Prevention Month on Capitol Hill, uh, where McGruff honored um, the Capitol Hill uh, Police Department for their heroism, especially during January 6th and all that happened there and uh, uh, started things off with a, with a good splash there um, and then are focusing on a range of things, uh, how to keep our neighborhoods safe. And we uh, did a, um, a takeoff on the Seinfeld show of um, comedians having coffee in cars. Uh, we did uh, on Have Coffee with a Cop Day. I was in a squad car with a police officer having coffee, driving through, telling people how to keep things to make their home, their surroundings, and their neighborhoods safe. Uh, we're focusing on basics like individual and family security, and then focusing on um, the third week, we're making a big push, something that is on many, many parents' minds, and as it should be, it's quite scary, and that's the fentanyl crisis. And then uh, that ties in directly because most of the deaths that have occurred as a result of fentanyl uh, uh, come from the sale of fake pills online. And one of our big pushes 
is stopping the sale of counterfeit and fake products, especially aimed at teens and tweens. So we've got a lot going on, a lot to talk about. We sounds like we do have a lot to talk about. Um, there's, I have so many questions about all the topic areas that you just described. Um, so maybe we can start with one that I just moved into a new home in a new neighborhood. Okay. And so the topic of physical and home safety is top of mind. We also live in an area outside of Philadelphia that has seen a rash of car break-ins, carjackings, um, and things of that like. So I wonder what are the top recommendations that you have for people moving into a new home in terms of security? A great, great question. Uh, one of the first things you should do is get to know your neighbors and get to know your police. Um, introduce yourself to your neighbors. If you haven't done so, if they haven't done so, make an effort to do that. Um, because you want, you know, we, we live in communities and it, uh, the, the more the community knows each other, um, the more you interact and see your neighbors and they know what you're up to and what you're not up to helps. Say you're going on vacation. Your neighbors knowing you're going on vacation is a good thing because if they see something suspicious happening at your house, maybe it's a break-in, they're going to call the police. I'm getting to know your police. What you want to do is, and police can be very helpful in many ways. You call the non-emergency number, which is a much better phone call to make than having to call 911 because something's happening. Ask to speak to somebody in the crime prevention department or unit and ask them if they can send an officer out to take a look at your house and the surroundings and give, give you some tips on how to keep it safer. They'll look, they'll look for things. Is it well lit? Are there obstructions to the front door and windows and other things, both inside and outside the house, that can help prevent a crime? McGruff started many, many years ago, before anybody knew who he was, urging people to keep their lights on and their doors locked. And those basic tips still hold true today. People still forget to lock their doors. Um, criminals look for an easy mark. And uh, as McGruff said, all crime needs is a chance. Let's not give it a chance. That's a good way to phrase it. So you said, keep your doors locked and your windows on. So that means- And your lights on. And lights on, excuse me. Um, so that means keeping lights on on the first floor of the house. First floor and... of the house, the front porch light, certainly the back porch. Okay. Um, the last thing a criminal wants is to be seen and be noticed. So lights are a big deterrent. Good, okay. I can do that. <laughs> and if uh, you can afford an alarm system, that's something else to look into and make sure that you have a notice around the house that you, you are alarmed. And then the other thing is lights, locks, and alarms only work if you turn them on. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say, because a lot of people, they let their guard down, they start to feel comfortable where they live, and then they leave their doors unlocked and they don't turn their alarms on. Right. Yes. In fact, we just brought home a new puppy to our family for the first time. And so we've been in our house for a few months, but this week, you know, we haven't been great about setting our alarm because we're constantly taking the puppy in and out. So I said to my husband this morning, we've got to get back into a rhythm with turning on and off this alarm when we take the puppy out. Exactly. And there was a study out about a month or so ago, um, and it got some attention in USA Today because it found that... Um, neighborhoods where more people have dogs are safer. Yeah. And the reason for that is because people are out walking their dogs and you're knowing your neighbors 
and it's more visibility and more activity. So criminals avoid those neighborhoods. Oh, well, that's so, what I like to call a happy accident. <laughs> and what, what I like to say is it just shows that how, how right McGruff was, every dog can help take a bite out of crime. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I also feel like that's probably the case also more, more so now that more people are working from home and more people are out and about, you know, during COVID and post COVID that um, I've definitely gotten to know a lot of my neighbors so much better since um, the pandemic started. You're and, exactly right. And yeah. statistics should bear that out. While some crimes have risen in the last few years, unfortunately, violent crime has shown a big spike, uh, especially in urban areas. Other crimes have dropped as a result of COVID, especially home break-ins. That's great. Right. That's great to hear. Um, what about vehicle safety? So homes that have cars parked outside and the cars are being broken into outside of the obvious, right? Keeping your car doors locked. Keeping your car doors locked. Um, one of the first things a criminal will look for is they'll, they'll want to see if somebody left their key fob in their car. And a lot of cars now have, you know, the little automatic start key fobs. And people think it's really convenient to drop that in your council and just leave it there so you don't have to worry about running back in the house to get your keys. Well, you're, you're, you're giving a criminal an open invitation to take your car for a ride if you do that. Uh, you want to take your key fob with you. You want to take your garage. You want to make sure that your car is locked. Um, your garage door opener, one of the things criminals will look for if you've got one of those things down there, um, they'll swipe that and also have entry to your house. Um, so, uh, the, you know, in your home, if you have a garage, obviously put your car in the garage instead of using your garage to store old magazines or whatever. Um, and uh, make sure you lock your car and take your keys with you and your key fob with you. Don't leave it. Don't ever leave it in the car. Um, because once you're um, the other thing, a lot of people don't will often over overlook is if you're giving your car keys to someone, a valet Parker, um, the repairman or something, take your house key off it. That's um, a good you know, tip. You want to make sure you're not giving, you're not inadvertently giving someone access to your house who might want to do harm. And you never, you never know. And uh, it's better safe than sorry. The other thing, when you're out with your car, park your car in a well-lit area. Look for places that are free of obstruction. Don't, you know, just because if you're, you're parallel parking in the city somewhere, um, you want to make sure it's a well-lit street, it's a well-lit corner. Avoid the temptation, oh, that's a nice, easy parking spot. Although the surroundings look a little sketchy, convenient, just let me park there. Um, you want to keep your car doors locked when you're driving to help avoid a carjacking. Um, the, the important thing to remember, if you are in a situation in your car where you feel your physical harm, the first thing, don't try to be a hero. Don't try to resist. Um, get out of the car. Make sure you are safe. Worry about your personal safety and your children, children or whoever else might be in the car with you first. Don't resist. Do things, um, you know, if you, uh, a lot of times, too, we overlook the fact that we have our cell phones with us. A cell phone is a very good crime prevention tool. Um, you can easily access 911. You can set up a tracker on it. Uh, you can notify uh, somebody in your friends, friends or family list 
to start tracking you. And you also have a flashlight and a camera all at your ready fingertips. All things criminals don't like. Those are great tips. There was a carjacking in my neighborhood just a week or two ago and a, a 17 year old boy was carjacked, um, mm. at gunpoint in a target parking lot at five o'clock in the afternoon, right? It wow. was lit. He immediately left the car, didn't even grab his phone. And so the police were able to, through the, um, life alert app, track the car and they found it, you know, 20 miles away in the city. Right. Um, but it really seems like he followed your he did the right thing. Exactly, yeah, exactly. What, what you're recommending. Thank God he's okay. Yeah. That, that's right. Number one, you want to make sure you're okay and safe. Now, I have a middle schooler. Karen's kids are older. Talk to us about this fentanyl crisis and these counterfeit drugs. Well, it is serious. It's real. Um, it's alarming and scary, but it's also avoidable. Um, I'll, there, it, it, it's increasingly coming in a variety of items. Um, largely it's in two, two forms. It fentanyl is included in counterfeit drug pills that are sold as pain relievers. They're sold as something else. They're sold as oxycodone or something else. They're illegal to have without a prescription. And so a lot of people will sell them online as fake pills. You don't need a prescription. You can get it from me, um, or on, um, uh, ADHD medications. And the reason they're lacing them with fentanyl is that it's cheap and it mimics some of the same effects. However, fentanyl is one of the most lethal drugs out there. Two milligrams is fatal. If you were to take a sugar or sweetener packet, which the typical sweetener packet contains 500 milligrams that would be enough fentanyl to kill 500 people if it were fentanyl. So it is a highly lethal thing. A lot of the fake pills are manufactured in China in factories that do not meet any standards, um, let alone you know, fentanyl is still legally sold as a, prescription, as a prescription narcotic in the US by a variety of pharmaceutical companies. Each of those facilities undergo rigorous FDA um, safety checks, inspections, and other things to make it. So if you imagine a couple sprinkles is what is a dose. And if you are a couple sprinkles more than that, it's lethal. So that uh, there is one estimate that I saw that of every 50 fake pills containing fentanyl that are manufactured, one of them will be lethal. Uh, which is not very good odds because if you buy two if you buy two bottles, um, chances are there's more than fifty pills, and chances are one of those pills is going to be a lethal dose. Um, so, in terms of what you can do, have a serious conversation with your kids. Do it at an opportune time. Sadly, there's going to be something in the news that will create that window of opportunity to have that conversation with your child. Children generally don't scare easily. That's part of being a teenager. You think you're invincible. You think you're going to live forever. Um, so keep that in mind when you're talking to your child, that fear isn't always the best tactic. Telling them that they're smarter than that, that's a good way. 
encouraging them to talk to their friends too. Again, so they're the smart one in the group. We are making a very, one of the reasons why we're taking on counterfeit products and aiming at teens and tweens is to change buying behavior. There's been this sort of tacit consent in the US that, oh, you know, oh, fake sneakers, I can't afford the real thing. The fake looks almost as good. I want a fake designer handbag. I want this, I want it cheap. We've created this cultural acceptance where fakes are okay. It's victimless. That was the mentality, but it's far from victimless. Fentanyl is the most stark example of that uh, because one fake pill um, will kill you in less than 15 minutes. Um, uh, but there are other dangerous examples, fake car parts. Just imagine the notion, would you, would you knowingly put fake brake pads on your car? Not a smart thing, dangerous, fake electronics that can blow up in your face. All these things can be avoided if consumers are educated about the dangers and just don't buy them. It's the law of supply and demand. Right now, we are giving criminals online too big an opportunity to sell fake products. We're sending a message to criminals that, that there is demand for fake products. So of course they're gonna keep making them. You reduce the demand, you're gonna reduce the supply and the desire of criminals uh, to make them because they'll say, okay, we'll find something else to do because we're not making enough money on this. So the fentanyl problem is real. It is scary because it is so lethal and it can happen so quickly. I've talked to far, far too many parents who lost a child because they took something with fentanyl in it. And it, it is just, it is heartbreaking. There is no other word to use it. Um, in October, on October 19th, we are having um, a, the first National Fentanyl Summit where we are bringing in the leaders of the three main government agencies responsible for keeping fentanyl out of our hands together with parents and other community activists to make sure that all three agencies begin to work together and to better energize the parents and other groups who are out there who are already concerned about it to bring more people to the table. We're not gonna stop the fentanyl crisis with business as usual. We have to think about it differently. It's a complex problem. It involves border security, it involves fake products, it involves addiction, it involves multiple layers of things. Um, and so there isn't one simple solution that will fix it. Anybody who tells you there's a simple solution is kidding themselves. Uh, but it is absolutely something where we all have to come together because I do think, unlike other drug problems, which has haunted us for millennium, the fentanyl one, I think we can fix. And it's important that we do fix it because you know, in, in the time that we're having this conversation, some teenager is going to die as a result of fentanyl. That's the sad truth. Yeah, I had, uh, I talked to my son about it just because, just as you said, there was an um, unfortunate situation that we read about in the paper and a child had purchased something, I don't know if it was Percocet or something else on Snapchat. And so that's when I had the opportunity to talk to my kids about that. And I keep seeing instances of that happening. And Snapchat seems to be something that is pretty consistent where the kids are buying these drugs from. Um, it breaks my heart every time I talk to a parent 
and they say their son or daughter died of something they bought from Snap on Snapchat. Oh. And our perspective is that social media companies brag about the communities they create. And that's a good thing. You know, we're all, we're all users of social media and there are some wonderful communities. There are communities of breast cancer survivors, um, ALS uh, patients and other people who come together and share their struggles and what they're going through. But at the same token, some platforms are more susceptible to allowing criminal behavior than others. And those companies, much like the police chief or the mayor of a town, has an obligation to ensure that those communities are safe. The National Crime Prevention Council does not consider Snapchat a safe community. We and do not recommend that anyone allow their children on it. And all three of my children are on it and use it all the time. Right. Um, we, uh, at the summit, we will be issuing a challenge to Snapchat and the other social media companies. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but uh, you can live stream it on Facebook um, on October 19th. You can go to our website, ncpc.org, for the sign-up information. That's great. We will, um, first of all, we will be there. We will join virtually. Um, and we'll push it out to our networks because it's sure. really important that um, all advocacy and public health, you know, issue areas support each other and share this information with their communities and their networks. Uh, so we appreciate you taking the lead, lead on that. And I am just sick thinking about having these conversations with my kids, but, but they will have to happen. It is better to have the conversation than not have it. Yeah. There was also something recently in the news about these rainbow candies Yes. Um, the rainbow fentanyl. And um, I think the um, the DEA was issuing a warning with yes. Halloween coming. And can you talk to us about that? Um, I think I saw Skittles and, and nerds candies were um, used as vehicles for the fentanyl drugs as well. You, you know, much like the basic Halloween safety tips, you want to make sure everything is packaged. Everything is in a package that it's authentic, you know, you don't want to open a, a clear Ziploc bag that has what look to appear to be Skittles. Just, you know, warn your kids before they go trick-or-treating. Um, make sure, you know, let's look at the candy when you come home and look at it together. Make it fun. You don't want to scare kids. You don't want to take the fun on Halloween. You know, make it, oh, you know, Tommy got more than Sally, you know, or, or you know, make it like, oh, let's count you know, engage them in a way that you're doing the inspection. So they're not getting anxious. You know, it's, it should be a fun time for kids. You don't want to rob their childhood because of, you know, crazy people out there who, who want to do harm. Um, because, you know, if you give in to that, then you let the criminals win. Um, you know, you want to stop the criminals, avoid the behavior, but still maintain the innocence of youth, I think. Um, and that's a big point. And there are ways to do that, especially around Halloween, where you protect that. The rainbow fentanyl, we're still getting our hands around why it's happening and how exactly it's happening. Um, um, but it, it is out there. Part of it is to use the colors to entice a child. Um, as sick and twisted as that is, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, it's cheap. 
They're putting it in things. It'll give, you know, in, in below the lethal amount, it will give the narcotic effect that they want. So somebody buys more, but above that lethal amount, um, you know, it, 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 you end up with a tragic situation that you all want to avoid and we want to avoid it. It also goes to a bigger point that we make to parents and policymakers especially. These drug cartels that are pushing these, these, these things out are very sophisticated. They are, they are using, fentanyl was invented in the 20th century, in the 1950s, but they're using a very sophisticated 21st century supply chain distribution mechanism to get these drugs out that can avoid border security, that can avoid lots of people. I mean, you, you trace one of these pills or rainbow fentanyl or whatever it is, manufactured in China, they are distributed, some instances, FedEx. Um, the deal is made oftentimes on Snapchat or some other, or some other place where somebody captures an address, credit card number or, or Venmo account or something um, parent doesn't know about it. It arrives FedEx. The child gets it. They know when the FedEx package package is coming. They get it before the parent knows about it. Uh, other times, it's meet me after school behind such and such building. Um, so there is also a ground network of drug dealers who are involved. There are distribution. There are drug dealers who are involved in the distribution of of the product when it enters the U.S. So this is a sophisticated operation. And like any sophisticated operation and cartel, they have research and development departments. And it's important that we get across the notion of stopping the sale of fake pills because what our intelligence sources have told us and what we've learned from DEA's intelligence sources is that the next wave of things in their R&D departments um, are far more serious than fentanyl. And we wanna go upstream and stop the problem at its root. And the root of the problem is the sale of fake pills. And you can't buy any medication. Uh, be careful about buying any medication online. And if you do buy a medication online, make sure it's from a reputable uh, source and it's always prescription. You know, if you have an, a reputable online pharmacy, that's fine. A lot of people use online pharmacies to save money and that's a good thing. Uh, but make sure it is a reputable pharmacy. If it's not a reputable pharmacy, close that browser right away. Um, you know, I, I like to say that in the war on drugs, a lot of people made mistakes. And it's okay to admit mistakes, but we have to learn from those mistakes. But if there's anything that we have to just say no to, is the sale of fake drugs and fake pills. Absolutely. Um, when we think about... <laughs> you know, we're bouncing around here, but one of the other topics I wanted to hear what McGruff's tips are, are around stranger danger. So I heard you saying, you know, we don't want to scare our kids and not have them enjoy Halloween. How do we teach our kids? I have a two-year-old, a five-year-old and nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. Well, um, pardon? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So how do I talk with them about, you know, I, I of course have been talking to my older two and even my five-year-old um, 
but what, it, what are the top tips to talk to your kids about stranger danger without, you know, scaring them and without keeping them from being a happy, friendly, accessible person? Exactly. So I think you want to set a good example. Um, you're somewhere, which will happen. You know, you're out shopping now that, you know, re- COVID is mostly, hopefully a memory. Um, you know, you're back at the grocery store, you're back in line at the post office and other places. Um, people will come up to you and say hello. And that creates a moment with you and your young ones to say, oh, see, I was friendly back. I said hello. If that person tries to engage you in some other type of conversation that makes you feel awkward, you look for a way to exit yourself from that conversation. Oh, thank you very much. I need to go down the cereal aisle or, or whatever it is. You know, you, you, you have the polite excuse. And then when you're alone with your kids, you have that as your teachable moment where you say, see what mommy did? I was polite. I said hello back. But this stranger just wanted to talk about other things that made mommy uncomfortable. So I walked away. And, um, you know, I don't know for sure what they wanted, but I know it was making me uncomfortable. And if there's ever a situation where a stranger talks to you and you're uncomfortable, you need to do the same thing. Or somebody offers you something and you don't know them, don't take it. You know, if somebody says candy, you don't want to put yourself in danger. And it's okay to say if somebody says, you know, here, come with me for a ride. Tell them no, that you need to talk to your mommy or your daddy. Or, um, and then walk away. And, you know, instruct them where to walk. Walk, walk toward where there are more people. You know, walk to, um, you know, if there's a, you know, if there's a 7-Eleven or something where, you know, they know there are going to be other people in lights on and, and, and things like that. And instruct, give them, give them ways to avoid the situation and give them ways that will make them feel safer. Those are good tips. And then how about the, the topic of cyberbullying? Well, a lot of people don't know this, but McGruff, the crime dog, coined the term cyberbullying. I did not know that. Um, it was back when the internet was just getting popular and uh, we were doing some research and we were trying, a way, trying to figure out a way that you could easily convey for many generations of people what happened in person that was now happening online and in the cyber age. So what happens in person is somebody is a bully. So in general, what do you do? What do you do to a bully? You stand up, you say something, you walk away. Same thing holds true online. If your teenagers are dealing with somebody who they friended on some social media platform, and then they start harassing them about, oh, their looks or their weight or their hair color or you know their sexual orientation or any number of things that kids will harass other kids about, and the, the, the basic rules hold true. Stand up, say something. Hey, that's wrong. Walk away. Now online, you have more advantages than in real life. Many times you've got a block button, you've got an unfriend button. So walking away is pretty easy. Let your children know they have power. They have power over that bully. And what a bully wants is to intimidate. And the one thing that takes intimidation away 
is by walking away. You block them on your social media platform. You unfriend them. They can't intimidate you anymore. They have no, they no longer have power over you. And your teenager has the power. Every teenager likes to have power. Every preteen likes to have power too. I'm like, Everyone likes to have power. <laughs> my 12 year old blocked his best friend the other day. I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, he was bothering me. There you go. <laughs> you know, they, they can figure it out on their own. They're smart. You know, they're, they're, you know, learning to navigate through relationships is important, but accepting bullying is something that should not be tolerated. Of course not. Very good. Well, what haven't we asked you about? I feel like we could talk to you for another hour. <laughs> what, are top, what are like the top five tips that you want to leave our listeners with today? Well, um, I, I'd like to quickly sort of let your listeners know um, some of our activities and things to, so we talked about introducing McGruff to a new generation. We've, we've had a lot going on and a lot more planned. Um, McGruff had a cameo in Disney's Rescue Rangers movie. Um, he was on the Family Guy episode, and so we're, we're looking for and having a, a few more activities where uh, McGruff is out there. We are on TikTok and every social media platform, and for uh, those in our generation who grew up with McGruff, you haven't really fully experienced McGruff until you've seen him dance on TikTok. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, and that is what what I needed to finally download TikTok. Now I need to see. Yeah, what there's a reason. If there's ever a reason, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 and then McGruff is also um, uh, through a NASCAR driver, Joey Gassy, who was very concerned about the sale of fake auto parts, and saw up our PSA, contacted us, and said, "Yeah, I've been worried about fake things for a while, especially fake auto parts. I'd love to have McGruff on my car." And so you may, people may have seen McGruff speeding around the Daytona Speedway on car number 35. And so McGruff has his own race car now. And so we've got a lot going on, a lot of excitement because more and more what I'm hearing from people is they're really hungry and they're really hungry to take a bite out of crime. And, you know, if I can leave listeners with any one thought, McGruff was never the one taking a bite out of crime. McGruff was the one urging you. And the more you get involved, the more aware you are, you have the power to take a bite out of crime. And you've got to stay hungry because crime doesn't taste very good. Wow. Thank you so much. Those were some really great tips. And this was such a nice conversation. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks for having me. Love to come back anytime. Can't do it enough. Oh, great. Well, we'll have you back. <laughs> Thanks so much. Paul, thank you so much. And we're definitely going to tune in on October 19th. And we are looking forward to sharing McGruff with our listeners. So thanks for being on today. Thank you for having me. Great to be, great to do it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would please um, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and family, we would be so grateful. And with that, have a great week and we'll talk with you soon. Bye.